Welcome to another episode of the Future Foodcast. We're excited to have all of you food enthusiasts with us for today's interview. I'm Pam Miller, your host for today, and we have Melinda Zaccoli. She is the Vice President of Supplier Services and Marketing for UNFI in Canada. Welcome to the podcast, Melinda. Thanks, Pam. It's great to be here. Yeah, we are excited to have you, and some of our listeners might be wondering about UNFI as a company. Can you tell us a little bit about what UNFI does and how you're involved? Yes, absolutely. I would love to. So UNFI is a food distributor, and what we do is we solidify relationships with the retailers, uh, along with the relationships that we have with multiple suppliers. So uh, we bring food to each and every store across Canada, um, whether it be in the independent chains or in the national retailers, where the feet on the street, where the wheels on the truck, we bring product and food uh, from our warehouses all across Canada. Yeah, and that right now especially is a really important role as we know, and we'll we'll dive into some of the things that are going on in the world right now, and specifically in Canada with that whole distribution network. But let's talk about recent history a little bit, because certainly in the space that you play in, the global pandemic had some impact on how you do business. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, let's go back to March 2020. Well, let's not, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, you know, um, the world as we know it uh, changed and uh, particularly in Canada, um, it was announced by our government that, you know, we would be shutting down, we'd be shutting down schools. Um, And so it was really, you know, a mad cry for consumers to get their hands on as much product, food, and grocery as they could. And so, um, you know, right at the beginning or the onset of the pandemic, we saw all sales grow, um, particularly in the dry grocery space, pantry food products, as people were just stocking up. Um, No one knew what was going to happen. How long were we going to be locked down for? Were they going to be able to go out and and go shopping? And so uh, for us as a food distributor, we were, um, we had a lot of different alternative products, uh, particularly since we play primarily in the health and wellness space. Uh, So we saw uh, a surge in sales on our healthier for you or better for you products as consumers went out and were looking for their regular conventional staples. If they were not available uh, due to increased demand, then they would be shifting their, their buying behavior over to some of our products. And so, you know, thankfully we had uh, a number of uh, weeks on hand of inventory, and we were able to really provide solutions for our retailers who were just looking to fill their shelves. You know, it's something I definitely had not seen in my life before. Yeah, I think a lot of people that went shopping were surprised at the empty shelves on some of those most popular, as you were saying, not that they're unhealthy brands, but they're not necessarily the healthiest choice in that category. And I think that was probably a real opportunity for you if those brands, maybe if I bought brand A on a regular basis, but it wasn't there and I was looking for that item, I don't know, flout, whatever it might've been that you supply a healthier version of, I would try your product. Did you find that? Did you? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Prior to uh, the pandemic, we were seeing our dry grocery business growing at about single digits uh, year over year. And so, you know, 
when we as a company did our capacity plan, we were looking in and really saw that our growth was in refrigerated and frozen. And then mm-hmm. come the pandemic, you know, we see double digits surge in, in pantry items. You know, we couldn't keep flour in stock. Mm-hmm. We couldn't keep cereals and a variety of different items that people were just looking for. So if they were looking for their regular conventional product and it was in, in shelf, they needed to find an alternative. And so they may turn to organic flour, they may turn to organic sugar. Um, and so, you know, that for us uh, was, you know, I would say one of the few benefits of, of the pandemic as we were able to uh, allow exposure to some of these better for you products to consumers in Canada. Right. So a nice bump, honestly, you didn't like the circumstances, but certainly exposing your product line uh, to more consumers was definitely a benefit. But has that continued now that the pandemic, we're, we're shifting forward in a lot of ways restaurants are open, people are going to the grocery store and that we we're more in control there. What have your volumes done? Have they stayed up? Well, I would say there was definitely some residual increases um, that have stayed over the last couple of years, right? So people started to use these products daily and became accustomed and it became part of their regular staple on their grocery list. Um, you know, but the pandemic brought a whole new set of challenges. So, you know, at, at the onset, it was all about the demand and un, unplanned demand as we tried to work with our suppliers and securing as much inventory as they possibly could produce. Um, but then, you know, along with that came the challenges with production. So labor was hit hard as folks, um, you know, were getting diagnosed with COVID had to stay home, they were exposed to COVID, they had to be isolated. So now all of a sudden, you have a new set of challenges, not only the demand, but it's the inability to produce, right? So there was a lot of different suppliers that we manage or that we carry their products that just could not get a production line going, because Mm -hmm. they were missing too much of their labor force. So really trying to help them work through that. Um, And then, you know, fast forward, additionally, now you have supply chain issues, you have freight forward companies that can't get containers across the world because of all these delays, and um, they'd be, you know, traveling to and from certain countries, either empty. And so, you know, that drove up costs for some of our suppliers. And so that had a rippling effect that again, you know, we're still seeing today, for sure, in, um, you know, the inflation that, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, But you know, we're, we're seeing an increased demand still. Uh, we're probably, you know, lapping. Uh, we did a, a, a good job of keeping up with the inventory required as we lapped those COVID surges. Um, and every day it's just about working with our suppliers to see how we can better work together. We can properly plan um, and make sure that their product is out on the shelf and that it's at a price that is attractive to consumers and Canadians across the board. Definitely, definitely. And I will say, let's get to the supply chain, kind of when we talk about the status of things now and moving forward, because there's a few issues that are still lingering. But back to the consumers and reacting to the pandemic, I know people are still interested in immunity because they're more aware that they need to think about what they're eating and choose healthier options and to keep their bodies working at optimal levels. But there was also quite a bit of, you know, we used to call it the the freshman 15 when you went off to college and you ate all these foods that you wouldn't normally eat, but it was a buffet usually, and you gained weight when you uh, left home. But 
I called it the COVID 30. Like I talked to a lot of friends who they were at home and they were eating while they were at home. So I think even though maybe they might've chosen your products or healthier products when the pandemic hit, just because their traditional ones weren't available afterwards, people want to get kind of back on track and maybe get healthier and lose this weight and keep their immunity up. So it's, it was kind of an interesting dynamic going on right now from the consumer. Yeah, for sure. And there was a bit of a life cycle. You're absolutely correct. We, uh, we saw everyone wanting to uh, now cook at home, right? So where people weren't necessarily cooking at home pre-pandemic, going out to dinner more, picking up packaged goods um, or eating at restaurants. And so now we're all stuck here in our homes. And so there was a surge of everyone being a home cook, right? And really expanding their ability. Um, and so that's where we saw a lot of that demand, right? And, and people baking and making their own pasta and their own pizzas. And, mm -hmm. you know, any new recipe that uh, appeared on TikTok, everybody was trying. Um, and so you're absolutely correct. You know, people were just indulging probably more than they ever had. Mm -hmm. um, and then you're right, as that cycle um, and we came upon a year of being in the pandemic, folks were like, okay, enough is enough. That was great. I've done all that. I've cooked, you know, all these new recipes, but now I, I need to get back to health. And, you know, definitely there were some who were still cognizant of that and were focusing on, you know, uh, prebiotics, probiotics, different sources of vitamin D as, as we continue to hear new studies and reports of what, what could help you through COVID. Um, and so, you know, people were looking to different food alternatives. How could they get, you know, prebiotics in their system, kombuchas and a variety of different supplements. Uh, you'd see adaptogens surge, you know, people are looking to ancient medicine, see how they can, uh, you know, deal with uh, stress and anxiety that came along with the pandemic, no doubt, you know, not being able to disconnect from work, many people working from home. Um, and so, Again, that also impacted the variety and assortment that we carried as a distributor as you know, we continue to onboard new brands and new products, um, and then working our way through to understand further trends as people started to look at alternative ways of eating, introducing plant-based foods into their diet, and a variety of other different trends, we call it, in, in the food world that were starting to surge as um, you know, we, we passed the, the one-year mark on uh, COVID. Yeah, there is definitely a trend. I agree with you there on the plant-based foods. We've seen that as well. And in the interviews that we've done here at the Future Foodcast, there is a big trend and maybe even going into a movement. It just seems to be uh, gaining momentum with the plant-based foods. Are there other things that you saw over that time from people being at home that changed their buying habits or what they were buying? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the whole way we eight uh, started to change, right? If you think about, um, you know, even myself being online, um, you know, for eight hours a day, you know, you weren't necessarily having a lunch, you know, maybe in the past, you'd go for lunch, um, you'd have a proper meal. This, you know, today, we're seeing snacking really surge and healthier snacks. So people are looking for healthier alternatives, because they may not be taking that hour lunch, um, and having a full plated meal, they may be looking to have some smaller snacking occasions throughout the day. And so we saw change there, even with, you know, vitamins or uh, minerals and all these different, um, 
um, ways in which to ingest these incremental vitamins. People are looking to beverages because they're sitting there on their computer and whether it's going to be a coffee, maybe it's a different type of beverage that has, yeah, or water. We're seeing surges in sparkling water. People don't want to, you know, they, they want some, some assortment, something different. And so I would say there was all these, you know, new micro trends that spawned from um, the pandemic as people's uh, eating occasions changed and the way they, you know, had a meal uh, was very different. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I am guilty of that today, actually. I have had uh, like three different snacking times with real food. I mean, I had like a breakfast, to, I had a smoothie first thing this morning, then kind of mid-morning snack. I just had, which was some leftovers. Then I just had some apples and cheese, for example. And you're right. I, I haven't really sat down to a meal because I've uh, had just a busy day. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting how our habits have changed because used to be, you know, I'd be out a lot more and maybe having a lunch at a restaurant meeting with a business associate or out doing some speaking or training. And, you know, again, in those traditional mealtime situations, but that's really changed up for people. Hadn't thought about it. I'm guilty today of doing that. So your, uh, your company's got to respond to all that as you're trying to supply the people that are selling and you're also selling these products. You've got to keep up with what's going on. Absolutely. Um, I know my daughter, my youngest daughter got another dog over COVID. I think Uh, we've seen that going on too, with a lot of people that were now at home, maybe they were gone from their house for extended hours, but when it came, became clear COVID was going to be longer, like they got some company. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's, that is by far, um, I would say one of our other stronger trends, Um, you know, in, in our business, we, you know, guilty as charged, we, we got a a dog during COVID. (laughs) And, um, and, and it was, it was the right opportunity. I think many people just saw, listen, home, I have the opportunity to train, uh, to be around. And so, uh, undoubtedly we've seen, um, you know, a surge in, in our pet food portfolio. And, and quite frankly, we've expanded that pet food portfolio over the last couple of years to oh. include, you know, not only food products, but, uh, supplements, shampoos, dog toys. I mean, that's the thing people, dogs are not in crates all day. They're out actively participating. They're playing with their toys. And so there is so many different ways that, um, this pet industry exploded through COVID that, you know, we, we had to answer the call. And so we, we did expand our pet portfolio, even today, putting out a new catalog, actually, with the yeah, additional products that are available uh, through our suppliers and continue to look at that, because this is a segment that is definitely going to continue to keep growing, you know, pets are, are going to be around uh, for a long time, and so many more um, than originally were in, in households. And Melinda, people spend a lot of money on their pets, don't they? I, they that's what I find. Absolutely do. I mean, we, we carry uh, fresh, almost um, not raw uh, pet food, but we have fresh pet food. We have bagged pet food. We're seeing different types of treat, you know, including hemp and, and a variety of different antioxidant ingredients. You know, people care about their pets. They're another family member and, and they want to prolong their, their lifespan as much as they can. So, uh, you know, again, as I say, we're in this better for you world, not only for you know, food for humans, but even for our pets, definitely, we're going to see that continue as people uh, expand and, you know, test out different treats and, and foods for their for their family companions. It's so funny. I know, and I'm not going to mention any names, but I have friends that I know, and they honestly, their own diet is disastrous. (laughs) 
they don't make very good choices it, by my standards anyway, and maybe by like healthy standards, but the dog eats like a king. I mean, they're, they're buying all, like you were saying with the holistic ingredients and paying attention and want them to be around as long as they can. And I just want to say, you need to put that much interest <laughs> into what you're choosing for your own self. It works for both of you. That's what I want to say. Um, well, speaking of things that are good for us, I know initiatives as far as UNFI over the past couple of years, you spoke about some initiatives that are good for the environment and sustainability. Do you want to share some of that with our audience? Yes, absolutely. Um, our ESG uh, goals and program has actually um, really expanded and we've put together a comprehensive plan uh, across North America, not only in UNFI Canada, but across the U.S., we're committed to um, diversity as a company. We are, um, you know, working on programs that promote diversity amongst our uh, associate base as well as our supplier base. So we're looking to uh, increase opportunities for those uh, brand owners that might not have the same accessibility. Um, and so I know for us in Canada, we recently became uh, members of CAMSI, which is focused on, um, you know, uh, Aboriginal uh, folks and owners of companies. We want to make sure that we're giving them the opportunity. We also ensure that we are looking at diversity uh, amongst our associate base. Very proud to, to state that Unify Canada's leadership team is more than 50% women. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, you know, really good for us. And that that permeates through the organization. We are also really uh, engaged in making sure that our associates give back to the world. We're, we're looking to make the world a better place. And we offer paid time for associates to volunteer. And so particularly in Canada, we volunteered over 440 hours in our fiscal year. Um, and that was out to food banks and community gardens and whatnot. Um, so really a lot of what we're trying to do, and we continue as this is a work in progress for us uh, to find new ways to, to give back to the world, to give back to the communities around us. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we're, we're hopeful that we're, we're taking a leadership position here. Yeah, that's, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm sure people can go to the UNFI website and check out what Canada and the other North American initiatives are, as well as other areas that you serve. So that's really great. Um, can we circle back around to talk about what challenges and, and things might be existing now, and then how you're looking to that in the future? I know we brought up with the supply chain challenges, getting some things, goods and services from your suppliers, mainly some, some of your ingredients and some of your products. And how have you, everybody is dealing with this. Do you have any witty inventions, Melinda, or how you've been able yes. to try to work with some of this? Yeah. On, you know, this has really been, uh, I, I've actually been with Unify for 16 years. So I've been okay. in this business for a very long time and I hadn't, I'd never seen um, some of the impacts that we're seeing now today with the supply chain. And so um, undoubtedly very tough time for suppliers as they're trying to, you know, produce their product and get them out to consumers. Um, you know, around the globe. Um, but at the same time, they got to do this in such a way that allows them to be profitable and continue to do business. And so, you know, the challenges with ingredients or raw materials, you know, with the impact of whether it be the environment and droughts or whatnot, and or just the uh, packaging materials, whether it be aluminum or corrugate or variety of different, um, you know, items that they require to make their product. Mm -hmm. um, we've never seen as much uh, inflation as we have in 
and I would say this to the last 12 months, um, you know, brands are having to put in multiple price increases to, you know, to stay afloat. And that definitely comes uh, through in their pricing and onto their consumers. Um, but it's, it's for us, it's, it's about helping our suppliers manage through that because it is a very difficult, you know, we represent a lot of smaller suppliers, not the big, you know, corporations. And so they don't have really their, their, their eye on the pulse of, you know, their, all of their input costs. And so what we try to do is provide guidance on how to uh, be able to identify the cost drivers that are going up and then being able to clearly articulate that over to the retailers as we increase prices um, to the retailers so that it's accepted. But, mm -hmm. you know, between material materials and ingredients, and then, you know, most recently with um, the Ukrainian war, you know, freight and fuel has also been impacted. And so that is another cost factor that, you know, not, you know, UNFI as a distributor, that's our, that's our core function. We, mm -hmm. we deliver products across the country. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're driving coast to coast and, you know, freight and fuel is, is a big part of what we do. And so trying to manage through that in such a way that's fair and equitable to all um, really has been tough for us, tough for our suppliers. And we're really trying to work together to create, um, you know, a solution until, you know, hopefully some of this dies down and we get back to to normal. Yeah, the whole logistics space has really been kind of upended a bit and it is challenging for everybody across the board. And I'm sure you are no different just trying to figure out uh, another plan if you can't get a primary product or ingredient from one supplier, is there another source kind of having a, an, a backup plan? Have you delved into some of that as a company? Yeah. And that's, and that's part of what we do every day. Um, you know, we, we manage over 750 different suppliers. And so we, you know, have the ability to pull levers with different, you know, source, different products, source, different brands. We buy product from Canada, we buy product from the U S and we buy product from overseas. And so our, our goal is to, to just con consistently source new product and alternative product. So if if someone is having a challenge, you know, how do we fill that gap in the market? Is there another brand that's, you know, ready and prepared um, to be able to service the, the consumers? And so it's it's not something that we ever stop doing. It's something we consistently do every day. Yeah. And, and that's great to hear because you do deal with a whole gambit all the way from much smaller suppliers and and customers, actually, your B2B customers, you know, some of them are smaller as well. It's not just big suppliers to big retailers. I mean, you're everywhere in between all throughout. So important that you keep your customer in mind as well as your supplier when you're trying to match all this up. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, COVID had had us look at things much differently. And if you remember on the onset, you know, there was there was doors who said, I, we don't want to see your salespeople. You know, we want to mitigate how many people are in stores. Oh, and, mm -hmm. and so we had to find different ways to be able to get to those retailers, to get to the consumers. And so, you know, launched uh, online ordering platforms, we were able to roll out or further roll out um, our UNFI ordering program where we would give a system uh, access to stores so that they could actually do their own orders so that they didn't need to have one of our associates in their stores to be able to place their orders. So really, it was all about finding new ways to, to solve you know, today's issue and uh, make it a safe environment for all for our associates as well as the, the retailers and customers that we service. Well, Melinda, with that ordering online, which which was kind of forced. I mean, before lots of things were done in person that as the pandemic hit and it was a realization it was going to be longer rather than shorter, they had to figure out different ways of doing things. But I bet that might've even in some ways been a better way of doing things. And maybe some of your customers want to keep doing that 
their own orders and not have to have the intermediary or or have the intermediary for new products that are being introduced or situations that need to be dealt with. I don't what are you seeing now after? Yeah, I mean, I think that in in today's um world, given today, you know, shortages in labor are a real thing. Uh, whether it be in retail stores and restaurants in warehouses, um, you know, there is de a definite labor shortage. And so some of the tools that we did introduce as a result of COVID, actually, you're right, um, are proving to be very beneficial. So store owners um, are able to, to do what they need to do to, to, to get by if they don't have the full um, you know, team that they once had or the full staff that they once had to be able to do some of this stuff. So um, you know, it's they're all realistic and new issues that we're consistently trying to find new ways to solve um, and be better partners for our um, customers. And when I say customers, it's the suppliers that we service as well as the retailers that we supply to. Yeah. And, and that's great to hear. I'm, I'm excited because it just means that we're, we're moving along, you know, here at the future Foodcast, we love to hear about technology and, and love it when, you know, a process can be improved using technology in this case, when, when they choose to do it or choose to use it, uh, who could have forecasted that we were going to have such a shortage of labor uh, after things died down a little bit? I wouldn't have thought that at all. But yet here we are, and you're already positioned to be able to help smooth that over a little bit and, and help your suppliers and your customers that you supply on, on both ends. So I am... Um, I'm I'm so glad that you came on to share with us today about what UNFI is doing as a food a food distribution company, you know, across Canada, North America, and the other countries that you serve. And we've talked about really a lot of cool things. Uh, thank you for that. But is there anything that you would like to tell our future Foodcast audience that we haven't already covered, Melinda? Yeah, I would I would say just, you know, I'm very happy and very proud to be part of the Unify community and team. Um, not only are we delivering food, you know, across the continent to a variety of different consumers and customers, but we're also very engaged and we have a focus on our associates. And so what's really important to us is our employee safety. Um, we continue to try and find ways to improve how we um, service our associates, the benefits of working for UNFI, you know, when it comes to vacation and education support programs, um, safety, you know, um, over the last 12 months, we had a, a really large safety campaign, particularly in our warehouses, to make sure that we were, you know, observing the utmost, um, you know, safeguards around safety. Um, and so, and, and even mental health, I mean, we're always looking for new ways to be able to support associates. This is a world that none of us ever anticipated. And so um, just super excited uh, to be part of this team and to be part of this company and, and what they do. Um, it's not only about bringing food solutions, but it's really about caring and making the world a better place to be. Well, thank you for being with us. Thanks, Pam. It's great to be here. Thanks for listening to Future Foodcasts. Future Foodcast is powered by Farm to Plate, the leading food blockchain platform. Subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to stay up to date with the very latest innovations in the food industry. 